Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Okay, you? Eh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As the Jews say, eh. Meh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'll just be, you know, I think most people watching this know that um, something very sad happened, which is that um, the great um, podcaster, on-air personality, YouTuber, um, Michael Brooks died. Um, and uh, we're like actually really, I mean, within that tragedy, we're really lucky that um, we that Nando is here because um, Nando was like a really close friend of Michael's and had yeah. uh, and worked with him. Um, and we're gonna have Nando's gonna talk about Michael, and also we're gonna be talking to um, Daniel Bessner, um, another friend and collaborator of Michael's, and we may have some other people sharing. But um, do you want to just? start off by uh, sharing whatever you want to share about this yeah um you know mike was my friend i mean he he i met him in 2017 uh, i actually went back and looked at the um at the dms i mean he actually reached out to me on twitter and and dm me and he's like hey man uh you know the, the shit that's going on in spain is crazy you want to you want to come to my show and talk about it i saw you on dead pundits and i literally liked what you had to say and i was like oh man thanks you know like uh uh, sure. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll go on your show. And then I, I watched a few of his episodes that he had just started the show. Like he maybe had two or three episodes, uh, of, of his kind of TMBS show, the sort of spinoff that he did from the majority report. Um, and I went on and, you know, he, he kind of kept up the friendship in a way. And, and, you know, I figured like, Oh, I'll go on and, and, and then I'll just kind of live my life. And he didn't let me do that. And he, he made sure that we were friends and we became very good friends. It's kind of like, you know, how you and I met, like, you know, you wanted, you had, you asked me to be on your show and I was like, yeah, of course. And then we became friends um, instead of just kind of going off in our separate ways. And Mike just did that. And then, you know, we would talk all the time. Um, I think that he, he was very, he was very ambitious and very strategic in his thinking Um and he wanted he wanted big things for both himself, but for the left. I think he appreciated that, like he saw me as like a little bit more polished than than other people kind of on the left. Like I come from a mainstream media background, you know, kind of thing. And I was working at a big cable network. I mean, it's not well, not a big cable worker, but a cable network, you know. Um, and uh, and I had like I, I had means TV. I'm just kidding. What? By what you mean means TV? Yeah, no, 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 no. Right? Yeah, fusion. Um, yeah. and and I think that he was like he was very strategic in the way he thought about this kind of thing because he was like, well, we this is something that we need. Like, we need we can't just be like bearded, uh, Birkenstock wearing, disgusting people with like a. You know what I mean? Like we need to be more, we need to be polished because we need to appeal to a mainstream audience. Like we need to go mainstream. Like, and he was always thinking that. And, um, and, and yeah, so, so we became really close friends and, and, and we would talk all the time. I mean, we would, we would talk basically every day about, you know, whatever was in the news, the discourse, who was annoying, who was not, you know, like who, 
you know, he would always send me these like, and cause he was like a very well-read dude and, and, you know, he was very connected to global movements all over the world. And he would always send me, you know, something to read about, you know, something going on in South Africa or something. And, um, and so we became really good friends. And then eventually he asked me to join him on his weekly show that he did with, with Wozni Lambre, Big Waz on the Black Opinions Matter podcast feed, um, which is part of the Count the Dings network. And he was like, uh, hey, why don't, why don't you come on as a full-time co-host? And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, for sure. Of course. Um, and we did, we did that for every week. We, we would go on and shoot the shit about whatever was going on in the news. We saw it as kind of like a... Um, a way to do kind of like the, the entry point for people into politics. It was kind of like, you know, I think the people who are fans of the Count the Dings Network, a lot of people are sports fans or hip hop fans and things like that. And, and, you know, he saw that as an opportunity. Like if we kind of just talked about what was going on in the news from kind of a left socialist perspective in a way that was kind of chill and not, you know, super jargony and just kind of um, that we could get people who may, maybe not, would not be interested in this kind of thing, uh, get their foot in the door and then maybe then they could listen to or watch his show, which is like very theory based and very kind of, you know, high level stuff for the most part. I mean, he also did like silly stuff and, and fun stuff all the time, but he, you know, he might have like, you know, he might have a whole long segment on a minor strike in fucking Sudan, you know, or, um, or also like, a, you know, a whole thing on, you know, Gramsci versus, you know, whatever the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and so he, what he was thinking is like, maybe we'll get these people into get the foot in the door and then maybe they can then kind of solidify their political understanding on, on my show. Um, and, and I saw that bear out. Like I, I saw that thing work out exactly as he planned. You know, we, ever since he passed, the people have been approaching me. He's like, Hey man, like I didn't know anything about, the left or politics and you know until i started listening to you guys on on the woke bros and now i'm a committed socialist and i'm like shit you know that's cool um so yeah i mean i'm just like i'm just still kind of in shock and in a state of absolute grief i mean it was just so sudden like i was i was talking to him the day before he died you know just I don't know, some, we were, we were laughing at some dumb tweet or something, you know, that someone put out, you know, um, and then, and then the next day he was gone. It was just, it was so bizarre. I mean, um, you know, people are talking about Mike's book. Uh, I actually read his book and I'm, I'm happy that I was able to read it before he died and tell him that I read it, you know, so that he knew that I read it. Like I showed him pictures of like pages and pa passages that I thought were funny and things like that. And, um, you know, I highly recommend everyone to read it. It's, it's super short, which I guess there's no excuse not to read it. It's not like this fucking weighty tome. It's like, you can read it in two or three hours. Um, and it's, it's great because it, it captures Mike perfectly and that he was not afraid to challenge head on these ideas that he thought were rancid and he would do it and he would do it in a confident and thorough and funny way often. I mean, you know, this book is against called Against the Web, um, which is basically uh, why the people in the intellectual dark web, the Sam Harris's, the Weinstein brothers, the, Bre the Ben Shapiro's of the world are full of shit. Um, and it was just a very straightforward, head on, 
they're full of shit for these reasons, not like because they're bad or because they're racist or something, you know, it's like because like they don't make any fucking sense and because like they and he would actually like dismantle all their arguments in a sort of very systematic way. And it was very helpful to me, you know, like I, I don't spend fucking a single second of my time listening to Sam Harris's podcast. Like, no way. You know, I don't think spend a single second of my time listening to the Ben Shapiro podcast. Like, and Mike was like, no, no, I, I realize that these people have appeal, that they have a large audience, that young people who are kind of aimless politically might stumble upon them and find their arguments compelling and i need to i need to i need to present like a, a beachhead against that you know like um and he did and it was very effective and it's it's just a very very good thing to to read sorry my table's a little weird um so yeah i mean it's just i'm i'm devastated i've never had i, mean, I don't know if you have katie i've never had someone like so close to me just just die like that I mean, my, my, my two grandfathers died or whatever, but that's kind of like expected. Right. Um, I've never had, you know, like a friend or, or, you know, someone like that just just go like that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, um, I haven't had anyone that, that I'm like that close, as remotely as close to me as my goal was to you. Um, uh, and yeah, it's like, I mean, um, there's, it brings up so much. I mean, I, it's hard for me to talk about this without feeling, fearing like I'm talking, sounding like a cliche, but that's, death does that. It brings those things out, right? Like yeah. cliches, because cliches are cliches for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, no, it's funny. And, and then it, this is such a like intensely bizarre time and everything is so heightened and exaggerated and it's like with with covid and it feels like when you're really like tired it's it's like everything's heightened in a way that when you're just like overly emotional for some other reason anyway like if you're really if something terrible happens and and you haven't slept enough and it's it's like makes it that much harder you know so i feel like we're living in this in this state now and all of these things are like that much harder and in, in some cases, it's because of what's happening now. Like when, you know, there are lots of people who are having health issues, obviously. And there's, you know, and this and, and as Michael's sister made very clear, this was not a suicide. Um, and uh, I'm just mentioning that because something else that we are dealing with in the background is all this despair. Right. And people are, are, are shut in. And there's I just feel like all of these things are in the air and people are thinking about life and death and connection and seeing people and communities and providing homes for people now that we can't be in person. And so of course shows like Michael's were already kind of this, this home for people or this community for people. And that much more when people are stuck at home, they have that much more that they're trying to get through um, non-physical interactions. Um, And, uh, yeah. Um, and this wasn't a case of someone who like someone else I know died last week. And actually on Sunday, I'm going to be having on Christian Parenti talk about him, um, Rob Eshelman. And, you know, some people are dying. He, his, his death wasn't COVID related, but there was a lot of stress in his life. And I'm not, you know, Christian will talk about this, but there was a lot of stress in his life. And he was worried about work 
and um, my headphone mic is still on. Some yeah, is your headphone plugged into the mic or to the computer? All right. Um, yeah. Um, Much better. Wow. This sounds wow. great. Wow. Okay, great. You see, we learned, we already lo- learned so much. Um, anyway, this was not a death that was brought on by COVID or brought on by isolation or um, anything like that. Um, it seemed like it really was a, a fluke um, mm-hmm. and horrible. And, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like moving in some ways because it's so moving to see the outpouring of, yeah. of grief and support and appreciation. And I was listening to a bunch of, you know, I was listening to, I think it was Bhaskar talking to Sam Cedar. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them said to the, I think it was Sam who was of course, like me, this like unrepentant, um, secular Jewish atheist. Um, I guess I'm agnostic technically because I have a teeny bit of doubt. I don't know what Sam is. I assume Sam is probably an atheist. But um, he said something like, you know, he would have loved to have seen the how how like moved people were by this and how many people are saying, you know, this, yeah. you know, he helped me so much. He he shaped my worldview. I counted on him for so much stuff. Um, and as someone who comes from a long line of people who don't believe in God. Um, I've often been like, wish that I could say, well, he would have wanted this. He would have wanted that. Um, or really he's looking down now. And I don't know about Michael's spirituality. I just know he had a spiritual practice Yeah. and, um, it kind of gives me, it's a little weird because it's not my view worldview, but it kind of gives me some solace knowing that he like saw the, the world in that way. Yeah. The, you know, he, he was very spiritual. I mean, he was very big into, you know, buddhism and and things like that and he loved like you know one of the things that attracted him to all the the sort of left politics in latin america was its sort of spiritual base and liberation theology he like loved all that stuff uh you know he was big into yoga and meditation and you know he thought that he thought that it would it was impossible to build a proper internationalist left without a degree of spirituality attached to it that sort of personal you know conscience build conscious building and um would consciousness building, sorry, would, it was a prerequisite for any proper left movement that was humane and based in sort of these humanist values. I mean, and it's, you know, I've, I've been, I've been touched to see the, the outpouring. I mean, the, I mean, the fact that Lula da Silva, Fernando Haddad, uh, you know, Cornel West, um, the his name escapes me now. This South African ANC former Communist Party member, you know, all all posted about him. You know, showed Michael was extremely like I said, he was very strategic in his thinking. And one of the things that he thought was like, there are people who have done this before. There are people who have done this before. What we're trying to do, build a left. There are people who have done this before. I need to be as close to them as possible. I need to be as un- I need to understand them. I need to understand their trajectories, their tactics, their strategies. I need to respect them. I need to give them their proper place in history. Um, and I need to learn from them. And I think that that's why he was so obsessed with Lula. I mean, Lula is probably the most successful leftist in 50 years, right? You know, in terms of like, 
I don't know, in terms of material gains for a large number of people, right. there probably is no better, no one who has done more to help more people than Lula, you know? Um, and so Mike was like, that was why he liked him. No other reason. I mean, that was, that was it. You know, it's like, he did it. He fucking did it. So what can I do to, to learn from that? You know? Um, and it was just, it was amazing to see all those people posting about some fucking Brooklyn, you know, left media guy, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's incredible really, you know, that's who else could say that? I mean, not me, you know, I, if, if I were to, to, to go tomorrow, that would not, you know, I, that would, that would not be the case is, is the point. I mean, he was just better at that kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, it really is, you know, it's, 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 it's something to learn from, you know, it's something to learn from. It's that it's a sense of humility that I think is lacking in a lot of young people, you know, and I consider us young, Katie, uh, yeah. we're still in the cohort barely, but, um, you know, that sense of humility that there's learning to be done from the people who have been there before, you know, that we're not going to reinvent the wheel, that there is no, you know, one of the things we always joke about on a show, whenever I went on was that the cliche in politics that, you know, we need new ideas for these new problems. It's like, no, the new ideas are bullshit. We need the old ideas. The old ideas are fine. It's just a matter of doing them, you know? Um, And there's people who've already thought everything you think you have to like think through, you know, some complicated political question. I guarantee you there was like some Bolshevik fucking guy in 1906 who was already thinking about it, you know, and probably in a much more effective way than you have. Um, So, that's what that was one of the reasons that was one of the things that he was always committed to is like understanding people's liberation movements around the world, people's liberation movements throughout history and how they did it. And like very committed to actually doing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the uh, the last I am not revealing anything personal and my, we can talk more about like I think a lot of people. Are, are, are kind of like kicking themselves in, in the way that they do when, when someone dies. It's like, I wish I had gotten that coffee with that person. And it's heightened again because of this world we're living in, COVID. Um, things, you know, we're, it, there is a perilousness that we're feeling. And um, we can't just go out and meet that person. We can't just like hop on a plane like we would have before. Um, and I think a lot of people are, you know, with relative degrees of uh, varying degrees of compassion, like regretting things like not, you know, uh, Bhaskar said he, he texted him happy birthday and like it didn't go through. He saw he was like looking at the texts and he saw it hadn't been sent or something. He saw like the red um, yeah. uh, exclamation mark. Uh, and um, yeah, I think it's just a hard time and, and we're that much more like online now. And so I don't know. Um, but I saw I, I this weekend I texted him the name of someone, Melba Pearson, who I wanted to check out her campaign in Florida. And I was like, you should totally interview her. Uh, she's running against the devil. Um, Catherine Fer, uh, Rundle. Kathy Fernandez, Run, Kathy Fernandez Rundle. I know her well. She's from yeah. my home state of Florida. Yeah. Total um, terrible, no. evil person. Um, yes. and, and he was like, thanks. I'll check it out. Sounds sounds great. Um, so yeah, he was very, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and everyone's doing that, you know, like I, uh, we have to 
appreciate people more and not take people for granted. And that's also obviously true. But I'm just going to let you guys talk more because I'm getting um, too sad and um, also too me. This isn't interesting what I'm saying. So I'm going to just pass it to you guys because you knew him better. Um, so uh, on that note, uh, anything else you want to say, Nando? I mean, we're going to keep talking about no, this, bring, obviously. No, let's bring Daniel but, um, in. Bring on our, yeah, Daniel Bessner, historian. Yes. Historian Daniel Bessner, Jacobin um, contributing editor and a non resident fellow at the Quincy Institute. Let it never be said that he's in residency. Okay. Yeah, that's probably had, had Bernie won, Dan would have been fucking undersecretary for uh, Eastern Hemisphere Affairs or some shit like that. Uh, Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense, otherwise. That's like, the only thing yeah. you were going to settle go for. Home. Go yeah. big or go home, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I just want to echo everything that, that Nando said. Um, I mean, the reason that we even know each other is because of Michael. Yeah. Well, I was I was in LA and he's like, yo, you should call call Nando. And and so I just want to emphasize that aspect of, of Michael being a community builder. And I think this is one of the things that he thought was so crucial to, to both building left politics, but also just being a person in the world. He was one of the most engaged people that that I've ever met. He he had his hands in a million different projects with a million different types of people. You know, from me, a professor to, to you guys who's in, in to the riffraff. To the to the in Hoi Polloi. Yeah. Uh, Hard to lie, but he was—he was really someone who, who built community and was really focused on community. And I think that was part of his whole his whole being in the world. Um, and I, I think that he was um, just such a good-hearted guy, and he's someone that that uh, really don't have much—at least I don't have much bad to say about him. He—he he, he really got along with everyone in, in a really unique way, and I, I think that just emerged not because he was a social climber. Like oftentimes you hear someone say that and you think they have no depth. But I want to, Michael was very funny and very biting, you know, and he, he could be like, like mean, funny, but he was ultimately a good hearted person. And yeah. I think that's, that was, that's why he was able to do it in such a way. And that's why he was such a good satirist. That's why he could do right wing Mandela or, um, you know, uh, evil Bernie Sanders, right? I think that he was able to get at that edge. It's like Dana Carvey was able to get at that edge because he's like a fundamentally good guy. And I think yeah. Mike was able to see what was in people. A good, a good satirist, particularly a good impressionist, is someone who has yeah, exactly. Yeah. No yeah. one is talking about, and I don't know if he did it on air that much. Uh, Anti-Semitic Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I love he did it on air just for me. Oh wow! Um, but it was a really good one. <laughs> he was like, "Here's the thing, okay? Yeah. You know, I I want to endorse Bernie, but but my papa said he's a dirty Jew, oh, and God. I can't do that." <laughs> I don't know if he ever did it on air either, but whenever he would do like a foreign policy intellectual. He did it in like the Professor Frank from The Simpsons voice, like hi, and it was like you know he had that like Jewish sense of sense right. of capability in some sense, you know, like a northeastern guy. Um, but yeah, and I, I mean, just what Nanda was saying about his focus on the internationalists, I also think really unique. I think it's very easy for all of us to get um, enwrapped and enraptured with domestic politics and what's going on, obviously because it has the most direct effect on, our, uh, effect on our lives. But Michael really had an internationalist humanism. And I think his socialism emerged more from his humanism than the other way around. I think yeah. that he was like, fundamentally, he viewed people as equal, regardless of where they were born, the color of their skin, of course, uh, that. But it, it, it's really um, important to emphasize. And I think that's why, I don't know if it's stayed in the subtitle, you guys could let me know, but there, is cosmopolitanism in the subtitle of Against the Web? Yes, it is. Right. So I think that's also a really important aspect. Um, 
Yes. And, and I, I, I don't know the details of Michael's like background identity. My understanding is that he had some Jewish ancestry, but he like didn't necessarily, I, I mean, not, not sure. He grew uh, up very poor I mean, with hippie parents yeah. is basically yeah. what he was. He was a poor Obviously, if you look at the genes, I mean, not to say whatever, there's Ashkenazi in there. And like, you can say, say what <laughs> no. you will. I don't care how you're I'm surrounded yeah. by Jews in this on this yeah. broadcast. I think sure. Someone told us we, we looked alike, but he had that, like, what I think is one of the best, one of the best elements of like what the, what the Jews really did give to the world, which, which is this cosmopolitanism, which is this acceptable. Rootless cosmopolitanism, right? Some might say. Vulgar, <laughs> vulgar cosmopolitanism. Yeah. Ruthless, but I think that that was. Uh, really important element of his thought that he believed that people could be different, but that we could still live together and move toward a common project. And I think one thing to emphasize is that, like, I, I think he was getting a little bit fed up with sort of the inter internal sniping on the left, and he was yes. a, little, a little tired. I, I mean, Nando, I'm sure you've had the similar conversations, but the last few months, he was really talking about, the reason this is so sad is that we we're, one of the many reasons, that he was talking about, like, changing courses a little bit and trying to... Yeah direct effect on the world and we were talking about projects that we were going to do and i um i i actually talked to him like you nando uh the night before like 11 11 30 new york time um and he actually sent me a bit of writing that that i think is really really effective and i hope that hopefully someday that'll see the light of day but it was just a, a really beautiful message and i just want to say it ended with something that was great where he essentially said that we're all imperfect that we all need to admit our mistakes and that we have to stop you know, just expecting expiation without forgiveness. And, and the line that he ended with was regeneration, not destruction. And I just want to like emphasize that that aspect of the regeneration, not destruction was just Michael in, in, in miniature, that, that idea of sort of building toward and not just to destroy, but to create, um, which is why his, 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 his death is just so, so horrible for multiple reasons. But that spirit is something that I often find lacking on the left where people move for cloud, people move for likes and retweets and he just never gave a shit he never gave a shit about twitter really. yeah you know he was he was really poor he's a builder and and it, this is why this is, is so terrible in so many ways yeah i mean what you talking about yeah me and daniel are friends now you know we're friends we hang out you know and it was because of mike uh i'm friends with waz because of mike you know uh he's like a connector guy i mean that's like a that's like a what i think it comes from like a bullshit kind of like management term you know like one of those like management studies guys who's like you know there's like four types of people in this world there's like you know whatever whatever and like one of them is like a connector and mm. that's definitely oh, yeah. that's definitely what mike was he was like constantly thinking you know who can i like you know i know this person and that person and they don't know each other but like i know that they're gonna hit it off and they have complementary skills and 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 whatever and it's going to make the, the sum of them is going to be greater than the you know whatever the, the expression is um greater than the sum is greater than the parts greater than the sum of its parts greater than the sum of its parts yeah. um See, what we just did there the three of us coming together to get the latitude correct there you go this is, this is exact this is a microcosm for for that exact metaphor yeah, exactly. uh, and um yeah, I mean, it's, again, like I said, he had big plans. I mean, he was very ambitious. Like, it was not, which is, I think, a good thing, you know? Like, you know, he wanted to have an effect, like a major effect. He, Like, again, he didn't want, he wasn't content just being, like, a, um, you know, kind of big in this world. Like, he wanted to, he wanted this, he, he wanted to be big in the world. Um, and, and because he knew that if he were, if that were to happen, it would be because he was able to help, make a better world, you know? 
Um, and he was constantly thinking how he could do that. That's just, you know, constantly thinking about that and, and actually doing it, like actually do taking steps to, to do it. Like, you know, his follow through on that kind of thing was impressive. You know, like, I mean, how many times have you had the conversation like, Oh, we should do the thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sounds great. And then like, no, you know, it doesn't happen. He'd be like, he would like follow up and be like, Hey, we should really do that thing. And then, and you know, like it's, and it's something that a lot of people have, have talked about in his death is like, I'm just shocked at like how good he was at like maintaining a friendship. I mean, it's just, that's a skill. It really is. And it's hard these days. And, you know, especially now when everyone's kind of in, in quarantine or whatever, but like he would check in, he would, you know, make sure everything was good. And then he would, you know, he like knew that you would be interested in that, but maybe you would be interested in this other thing. And I don't know. It was just, um, he was the only person that I talked to on the phone, literally uh, in my entire life. I remember <laughs> like not your mother. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. We'll get into that next time. I'm on. But yeah. uh, he, honestly, I remember one time he set up a call and like 10 minutes in, I'm like, are we recording? And he's like, no, dude, we're just talking. And I'm like, oh, I, I had never, I, I, I just so few people our age actually did that. And, and he was just u- unique in that regard that he would call like every, you know, I would talk about at least once on the month once a month on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours. I did not do that with anyone else in my life. Yeah. And that was, I wouldn't, I would, I would not have called him. Like he is the one who like made the time and the effort to call. And then we just became such close friends over such a short, I met him in early 2018 and like he was in my regular text rotation, you know, he was someone I spoke right. to regularly and it was just, so he was really devoted because he was devoted to that people, 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 the people connection. Like he wasn't just a leftist interested in abstract theory. He was in, uh, he was really um, interested in community building, and I think we need more of that. And, and that is, I think, one of the greatest legacies of the show. To me, it's the it's the internationalism which I spoke about, but it's also the, the focus on building a community of, of people that is empathetic and that is connected to one another, and that is at once um, devoted to a larger project, but also sees the humanity in everyone else. And I think ultimately that's what he didn't like about the intellectual dark web. That's what he wrote a book about it because they tried to make everything into abstract reasons and, and rationalities. And, and, and he saw the dehumanizing effects of that. Yeah. And, and I just want to underline that he was really a humanist in the best sense, uh, in the best sense of the word. And I think all of our politics, all of our socialisms could be better informed by uh, the fundamental humanism that, that Michael represented. And I think that's why he's had such an outpouring of from people who knew him well and people who knew him less well because that was just a palpable thing and that's why it's so it's, it's so devastating when Nando called me and let me I didn't believe it I mean I'm like what I'm yeah like, it took like 10 minutes to yeah yeah it's just it's just it's she was such a vibrant person and it's it's just so horrible that this happens yeah it is um uh well, I so I knew him I think way longer than you guys did but was not as close at all uh, to him. I mean, we were friends. We were friendly. But yeah, I didn't. I'm, I'm sure that I had you guys had more texting and, and you know, with him over the sh- shorter period of time. Um, but I remember he really did like he changed a lot. Like he kind of reinvented himself. Um, and um, I was looking at photos. A friend of mine was sending me photos of all of us from years ago. And he was so much like nerdier. He looked so much nerdier. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. he, 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 one of the, one of the reasons why we became friends is because he asked me for fashion advice after I went on TMBS for the first time. He was like, Hey man, like you're a snappy dresser. Like, uh, you know, like 
I need to, I need to get some tips from you. And like, you know, it's like, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, like, but I, you know, I think that that, I think that you did that with a lot of people. Like, you know, you know about this thing, like yeah. Dan, Daniel, you know, like a lot about foreign policy because you're a fucking foreign policy professor at a fucking university. Like I need to learn from you, you know, like tell me things, you know? Um, but yeah, no, he definitely, you know, he, he again, he, he, he had, he was very conscious about the way he put himself out in the world. Um, which, you know, I think that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that it's actually an important thing to, to, to like take into account, you know, like the way you present yourself in front of people, if you want to make a challenging argument or something that's going to challenge their core beliefs, if you don't mind how you're like, that's the first thing they think about is like the first impression is how you present yourself to them. If you're like this kind of dour, um, annoying person, then they're going to shut off immediately. But if you're kind of funny and you look cool and your thing looks great, like then, then there's maybe a chance that you're at least getting your foot in the door. Um, and then you can challenge like everything that they've been taught from when they were children by like, you know, you know, right. Yeah. Propaganda I mean, it, and all a that lot stuff. Of, it's kind of like why there are a lot of assholes in econ departments. Um, I guess less and less, but uh, like uh, the opposite side of that is not because there are a lot of good Marxists in the econ departments, but like at, at some level, the people who, who study e- economics can, can be kind of like, let me, I'll just, I'll just drop that and say what I was going to say, which is that a lot of good people don't want to focus on um, cosmetic things. Right. But it's also like, you can't, like you were saying, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. So either like play the game or do it another way. But um Yeah. yeah. One thing I just want to say about Michael's clothing choices, I'm actually wearing the black Adidas in honor of him. There you go. But but I, I, whenever he would wear the gold chain and sort of the, the Sopranos outfit, I, I'd always text him, you know, Big Pussy Brooks is back again. And he would he he, he had a sense of humor about himself. And I think that's yes. one of the things that he would, like you can make fun of him. Like I, yeah. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You could like be really biting with him and he would laugh, you know, and he'd right. come yeah. I, I think that's important. To emphasize and just to, to build on what Nando was saying, I think that it was also like one of the one of the reasons that he cared about clothes was I mean I'm sure he cared about clothes in the way that we all did, but also um, that I think it was really important to like win for him, you know, yeah. I, like he was sick and tired of the left losing, and I think one of the one of the biggest things of his project and that I I hope will be built on is this inchoate left that we're all a part of, is that like. Like Nanda was saying, like dressing is important, presenting oneself is important, and that we need to work within the structures that we have in order to actually win. And, and that, to me, is one of the most important things of TMBS, where he would like talk about left-wing political strategy with people from all over the world. And I think that's a, an important element of his legacy, is that we're, we're ultimately in it to, to change the world, not to feel good about ourselves, not for that and things like that. And I, I hope that this provides sort of a, a moment for people to reflect on that and to reflect in sort of a short amount of time we have here, but also to reflect on Michael's legacy and the type of thing he was building, you know, the left is best type of, type of uh, hashtag that he was really dedicating himself to. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's like a kind of a discipline in the name of, of the thing that you believe in, right? Everything. For, I mean, talking about clothes and, and saying like he wanted to win. It's true. It's like it, there can be a kind of self-indulgent, um haterism that i'm guilty of too in lots of different areas but where it's like look do you want to do do you want to win this or not like you can like problematize things and feel bad for yourself or you can like go and you know 
I don't know, ask Nando Villa how to dress better. But um, no, it's true. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I it's it's interesting. Like a lot of people were talking about how he was both, you know, he wasn't he was like interested in obviously changing the world. Um, there was some ego, but like like I have ego. Like everyone has ego. Who who does? Yeah, yeah the sky's blue. blue. Like yeah, I mean obviously. If you're know, if you're putting yourself out there for right, right, right. thousands was, of people to yeah. comment on every single little aspect about like, well actually he's the neo strasserite because yeah. like blah 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 or whatever. It's like yeah, you yeah, have to have ego. Yeah. Yeah, but you also I mean what's what's interesting is I thought it was really interesting what you said about um about how you have to have empathy to be a good satirist, which is totally to be a good impersonator, which is really true. Um, and, um, what uh, I think is like really interesting is that, um, you have to have somewhat of a thick skin and I, I actually feel kind of similar. Like I relate to Michael on this. I think, think both, we both had like a kind of thick skin, but thin skin. Oh yeah. Um, where I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're, you're very courageous. You put yourself out there and you get a lot of hate, but you keep it going, you know? Uh, Yeah. But then I also get, as you've seen that other side too, like I get very upset. And, uh, you know, I assume that you and Michael had a similar thing where you would, I don't know, maybe, would you, like, talk him, to, would you be, like, would he get upset and you'd be, like, your zen encouraging self to him? Yeah, I mean, he would definitely get upset and, you know, he would definitely, you know, it's the pressure, the pressure of building an audience and maintaining it is 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 a lot. I mean, let's be honest, you know that, Katie, like, it's it's a lot, like, it's, I mean, it's not like, I don't want to say it's, like, the same thing as going down into the mines or some shit, you know, no, but, like, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. I call minor identify actually. Yeah, but it's you know it's a, it's a pressure to like always be on, to always be interesting, to always be smart, to always have the right take. To you know shit's happening all the time, and you got to have the right. take. You got to be smart about it. You got to find your spin on it. You got to find the thing, and then you, you know you have to always be there. And you know you like if you're having a bad day, whoop, you know you just gotta that's got to be out the window. Like if you had a tragedy in your life, whoop, you know, you got to, it's, right. and you know, a lot of, I mean, that, that obviously got to him, like it gets to everyone, you know? Um, but again, I mean, I think ultimately, I mean, I, I'll never forget. I mean, cause I was with him the night of super Tuesday when Bernie basically was murdered. Uh, and uh, you know, he was already, he was already like, he not one, Second, was he like wallowing in in defeatism, which I 100% was. I was like, let's check the fuck out and do acid in, right. you know, Costa Rica uh, for the next five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he was like, no, nah, dude, like, you know, well, let's go. You know, like it was like he was not one second. And in that sense, like he had an incredible resilience um, in that, he, I think he understood the, the the stakes, but also the 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 difficulty, and I think it came from understanding history and you know people's liberation movements all over the world. Like, yeah, you think we got it hard, you know, and fucking left politics in the United States? Like, try being like a Congolese freedom fighter, you know? Uh, come on, let's get the fuck up and go, you know? Like. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think what got him the most was the internal fighting that he just yes, one hundred percent. I think yeah. the nonsense, the bullshit, the stupidity, like the stuff that like that he would like call and complain about. That was mostly that he's like, why are people? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, 
And I, 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 I think he was getting burned out on that. I think that would, that would be fair to say. I think yeah. that provides a lesson, you know, that, that we just, not, not in a sort of bullshit way, we need to be kinder to each other. But like, if we want to win, we need to be kinder to each other. We want to be like a, a space that feels inviting. And I think that was one of the, one of the things that he wanted to do, part probably from, you know, growing up nerdy and interested in like Thomas and Kara, you know, and then the, the, you know, the particular micro politics of the ANC in the eighties, you know, I think <laughs> like he understood that this could be an arcane thing and that he wanted to popularize it. And that's why he, I think that's why the show was so effective. And, and one of the reasons that he was able to connect with so many people in a broad audience is he was really in that like liminal space between like nerdy dweeb who knows everything plus like guy who could make jokes about Obama. And I think that's a, a really useful skill. And that's sort of, um, I mean, Katie, you're doing it. Nando, you're doing it as well. But like, I think that's the space he was operating in. And, and that's one of the reasons. And, and for what he did, I think that was unique was the internationalism. And I think like that, yeah. really, yeah. it's sort of like triple threat of like being empathetic, really caring about the world, but able to be like intellectual and funny is like what made TMBS unique. And, and it's like, a, it's it's a void in, in sort of the left intellectual world right now. Michael was more of an intellectual or at least of an intellectual cast of mind than he was anything else. Yeah. That was a really unique space, even if he was a professionally broadcaster. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. You're, you said he was a, more of an intellectual... Uh, he had an intellectual cast of mind. I think that's that's what, what what he brought. That's why he would have like people, you know, frankly, like me, who, who would do like yeah. extremely arcane things. I was shocked that he wanted me on the show, but he had that like intellectual interest to like think it was important to bring arcane things... Yeah, like if I was hosting my own show like that, I would never invite you on. (laughs) No way. (laughs) I think you guys meet. Like, so Nando, you he wrote to you, Nando, about Spain stuff because he he saw was it me and Mike? Yeah, Yeah. he 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 saw me on Dead Pundits, Mm. Adam Proctor's show. It was when the the, online before, but yeah. What? probably heard you online first he probably did but it, i mean i think he saw what i, yeah, I yeah. adam proctor had me on to talk about the fucking catalonia yeah. thing that when it was going down when it was going down big and it was like front page news all over the world and all of a sudden i was kind of like the only spain person in america uh and uh so yeah he had me on he wanted to have me on and that was it you know and he was very like i mean rereading the, the dms was it's just like heartbreaking because he was like he was like, hey, man, I have the show. Like, you know, like he was just like incor- like a little kid, kind of really humble. And like, I hope you like it. I hope it's like, you know, I, I hope it's fun. Like, if you want to check out some other episodes, like, I, you know, I hope you like it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, like at the time I was probably like, yeah, okay, I'll check out your little show. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how we met. You know, he just had me on uh, TMBS to talk about uh, um, Spain. And then yeah. I've been on a bunch of times since, but yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I when I, I basically had published a book, and our mutual friend Christy Thornton just put us in oh, contact. Yeah. yeah, so if you know Christy, so um, uh, she put us in contact, and I'm like, hey, I've got this thing, and he's like, yeah, let's talk about. It. I sent him the book. Hmm, we froze him. He's we frozen. lost him. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> hey, uh, we lost you. I lost you. You're back. This goddamn internet! What is wrong with this fucking city? Um, so, uh, uh, Nando, you no, get for uh, being a traitor, a, cl- uh, a coast traitor. No, it's 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 not wrong. But so so he had interviewed me, and I never thought that I would hear from him again. And then two weeks later, he's like, "You want to come on and talk about foreign affairs?" And then from then on, I was just 
making regular appearances. I, whenever I was in New York, I hung out with him. We, we talk, talked every day. We made like wow. various plans. And so it was just like, he, he really made an effort. I mean, as you guys know, it's hard to make friends as you get older. Yeah. You know, there's just natural circumstances. And he, he was one of my only adult friends, you know, not Nando, you too. But yeah, he was just such a guy who really sort of built that out. Um, and it was really a, a special a special relationship. And I, like, uh, it was cool. Like he was associated with the majority report, you know, he had this cool show. It was also fun to be friends. You know, everyone liked Michael and, and that was a really cool thing to, uh, to like, he really was at the, the, a node at the, at the center of the network. Yeah. And Sam said something on majority report yesterday that like, so, and Katie, you have, you actually have the same thing, but like most funny people, like a lot of funny people, it's it, you, you can't make them laugh. Like, because they're like competitive, you know, um, in a way with humor. And like, if you say something funny, then they're, they're not laughing. They're trying to think like, how can they can one up it, you know? Um, but like Mike wasn't like that. Like he like genuinely laughed all the time. And, you know, Kyle Kalinske tweeted out a, a video compilation of just him laughing at, yeah. at Dave Rubin. Um, and just like how genuinely he like laughed about it, you know, was, was great. You know, like, and if, and, I remember like the time I made him laugh the most was he was, we were on doing a post game of a show and he was doing Chris Matthews and I was doing Chris Matthews and we were doing Matthews to Matthews. Nice. Um, but then I, I forgot why I started doing Bill Simmons and he was doing Chris Matthews and I was doing Bill Simmons and he, I just, I, he had never heard me do a Bill Simmons uh, or anything. Like it just came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, he was just like cracking up, and I was like, "Man, this is cool!" Like, you know, he like yeah. likes my joke, you know. Yeah. Um, like he was very genuine in his in his love of like having his his belief in that having a sense of humor is like the mo- is like one of the most important things, like more important than reading Capital, you know, by yeah. Marx. It was like just fucking don't take yourself too seriously and be able to laugh, um, because again, this world can be arcane and unwelcoming, and that's just the exact opposite of what we need to be. We have to be the exact opposite. We have to laugh because that's how you get people in, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the only gateway. way. Gateway drug. It is a gateway drug, you know? I mean, the humor, the like, the, like, dressing okay, you know, whatever. I mean, all that stuff, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. it really is actually, the irony is that it is really politics. It's just like doing politics and mass politics. If you actually care about reaching people who aren't already in the fold, um, then you have to actually do those things. Yeah. Um, you want to meet people where they're at. Um, but um, Daniel, you're welcome to say, but I think, I feel that there's either uh, is there a tech thing or maybe something you have to do or I'm, I, I trying to read the room but it's not a good wi-fi connection so i can't tell <laughs> oh no no i'm just i'm just i'm just standing but yeah if it's streaming out i'll probably go sorry about that guys no, no, no. fine yeah um you're we're not trying to kick you out um just you know uh is there any last final thoughts you have i mean you can come on again this isn't you know no no of course i'm not offended i'm sorry that the internet's so bad just i i, I just wanted to emphasize again that michael's internationalism and yeah. um his humanism is, I just hope, um, hope something that we could build on. And, um, yeah. And, uh, I, I think he'll be remembered and I think that's a, a important and a testament to what he did on this, on this earth in the short time he had. So, well, yeah. But also just before you go, you said that he sent you something he was, he had written and you're hoping it sees the light of day. Like what's the process for that? Are you in touch with his family? Like are, do you know other people who had the work that he sent? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know who who he who I sent it to, but I, I've talked with um, uh, editors, and we're going to talk with the family. Obviously, I think before anything is yeah, published. Um, but um, but yeah, I, th I think it'll see the light of day. I think he would have wanted it to see yeah. see the light of day. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to we'll be able to do to do that. But yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll come out soon. I mean, the one the not the silver lining, that's not the right term at all, but it's like um, the the nice thing, I guess, is that you can, I mean, people can do, there's so much that can still be done, like that he, that we know he wanted to have done, that he, we know he would have liked to have seen done. I mean, he's left like, I mean, it's so weird to talk about him in the past sense, but he has left this like un incredible archive like people can listen to him, watch him, like transcribe stuff. I mean, there's like so much there and it is really painful and sad and tragic and frustrating when something is cut short, you know, decades early, but it's also like, it's not a, but it is sad and it's tragic. Um, there's also like, yeah, maybe there's no, forget that. I was, I was just going to say, well, I think it's I think it's like he he is the first one of our generation to to go, um, and yeah. I think it's it's making all all of us who like have started this project within the last five ten years take a look back, um, and that's not a silver lining, but it could be a moment of clarity. And I think he would have wanted it to be. I think you know a space yeah. where we think about things and, and and look back at what we've done. I mean, I guess that the the, the silver lining or the or the reminder thing is that like it is amazing he did as much as he did. That's what it is. Like our saying, like he had only yeah. just gone and our saying like in the prime of life and there was so it's true. And also like he achieved so much. And, you know, I mean, I think when you're in it, obviously you're like down and we're living in a hard world, but it's like on some level, it's like, you know, I, I think maybe if he could step have step, I mean, stepping back, it's both, it's like just remarkable that he did do what he did. The amount of people who've been yeah. tweeting at me, like saying things like, I was a huge Sam Harris fan until I found Michael's vid show on yeah. YouTube, or I was on the path to becoming all right like, yeah. until I found, you know what I mean? Like he was very committed to competing for those people. Like yeah. his competitive side and his ego was like, no, we cannot let these assholes own this shit. You know, like we need to compete for these people. Like, and it's like, again, and it came from, he never like made fun of, their fans or anything like that. He made fun of them relentlessly, but he never made, you know, like he understood that people gravitate towards certain yeah. things for a million reasons. It doesn't make them bad people. Like we're all in a very confusing right. world. There is no political education. There is, you know, we're all kind of bombarded with propaganda since we were little kids. Like it's normal for someone to like watch a Ben Shapiro video on YouTube and be like, wow, that guy's making a lot of sense. You know, like he wanted to, yeah. He wanted to compete on that front head on, you know, and the amount of people that he probably won over or at least diverted away from that is right. is a huge testament to his work and talent and, and things like that. And and he and it was self-conscious, like he wanted to do that. Like he wasn't just kind of like doing a show because like that's what he was. And he was like thinking, like, if I'm a you know, 17-year-old right. kid whose life is kind of shitty how can I provide comfort analysis empowerment to that person so that they don't go down the wrong path? Right. Um, and, yeah. and he was able to do it for yeah. a lot of people. 
I, I don't know if he ever said this to you, but one time he's like, let Ben Shapiro come at me. Like I'm, I'm funnier and I'm smarter, you know? And I think that we should all have that sort of attitude. Like we could beat these people. Right. It's, 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 it's wild that they're as successful as they are and that, you know, we can. And I think that Michael also had that message of hopefulness that we, we can win because we should win. And I yeah. think that's, that's important too. And Waz, I was hearing Waz on um, Sam's show saying that, uh, you know, he he made him realize, like, you know, that we, what did he say? Like, you know, we I used to think of, like, people in the mid, white people in the Midwest, I thought of them as, like, I don't remember what the word was, like, corn or something. I can't, but, but that, like, basically the divide and conquer thing. It's, like, the class in, you know, there's class solidarity. There's no divisions. There's no, like, identity politics rifts among the, the ruling class. Right. There is among everyone else. And then we have to, like, see past that stuff. And I think that's really brave. And, like, I know that um, uh, you can get called toxic and you can call get called, like, red-brown alliance advocating for talking about class or for encouraging people to have empathy for people who are, you know. I, you know, like, the sad thing is, like, or whatever and that's just fucking what first of all good luck good luck doing it not doing it that way like not having those people part of the fucking coalition but besides that and i feel like i i feel like i can't even say i have to say it that way but you know what i care about those people i do i care about all people who are like who are you know played and like yeah. have their own interests are being duped and yeah i do yeah i mean the, the last thing we talked we texted about me and him was you know, some person on Twitter who was going after him for being like a red brown alliance, some bullshit like that, you know? And like, I, I just look at that and I'm like, what universe are you living in, man? Like what, what, yeah. how can, how can you, how can you say, like, how can you believe that something like that? Like, that's just so obviously insane. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like, because, Mike knew that like, you know, you needed to compete with the, for those people. Right, yeah. you, know, you did, you know, what are we going to do? Just like only talk to the good people. I know. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a we'll very lose every single fucking time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's related to like the clothing and the humor. It really is. It's another thing. I mean, it's different because this actually has, I think a, an em- there is an empathy and a just like a humanism and an empathy and a sense of justice that also relates to it. But putting that aside, like putting that aside, which I think really did guide Michael a lot. And, you know, Che Guevara's quote about, you know, revolutionaries be- being driven by love. I mean, all that stuff is true. But like that aside, again, it's like, yeah, if you want to win, like you, you're going to have to do something besides urging people to, no, not urging people, sh- chiding people for not checking their privilege. Yeah. Well, actually, that's that's yeah. a good way to lose. Yeah. Is the is the is a group is just the if yeah. you want to lose, just do that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, sorry, Daniel. What do you say? But uh, I cut you off, or we were. No, Michael particularly didn't like that sort of language. It was yeah. he didn't like languages of exclusivity, and right. I think like another thing is his inclusivity. Yeah. Why he brought so many people to and, and why he was so powerful again i think you're right linked to his humanism and his empathy yeah the, the one of the last times we were together in the same place was um in feb january or february we did a, a bernie a harvard for bernie event and i was on one panel and then he was on the second panel and i said something about cancel culture i don't remember what oh my god i can move him i'm gonna get 
anyway, uh, this is a different time. But I said something about cancel, not cancel culture, about canceling. I, something related to, you know, to solving racism by telling coal miners to check their privilege. But yeah. uh, he said during his panel that, you know, he was on with Cornell West and Phil Agnew and uh, Isha uh, Krishaswamy. Um, he said, I remember he's like, you know, like Katie said with cancel, canceling people. And it was like this moment I remember. I was like, oh, yeah, we should talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that was the last time I saw him in person, which was not that long ago. It was pre fucking Corona lockdown. But um, yeah. So January 28th. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, well, it's. Um... Yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah, it sucks. But I mean, imagine him ten years ago looking like if you had told him he would have achieved just the just having like Cornell West and Lula tweet about him. Yeah, I know. And then like, of course, yeah, he would have loved it. It's I like I, it's hard to overemphasize how much he would have loved the Lula tweet in particular. Yeah, like he loved it. It was like his man, like beyond. And I, I think that's it. It's such a testament to to who he was that he he achieved that. You know, he got Lula knows who he was. You know, in, in a real way, and I think that's a testament to the man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Daniel, and come back on. We'll talk about your your stuff and your yeah your books. Thanks, Are you writing God. another book? <laughs> He's always writing a book. Yeah. Uh, What's your next? Always, always writing a book. Just write. Always be writing. Uh, it's gonna probably always be ABW. Um, uh, it's probably going to be on, um, the major foreign policy thinkers, people like Chomsky, Fukuyama, analyzing all of their work and putting the them Harper's in dialogue with each other. Boring, you mean? Cause I can get you Matt Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, Brian, Matt, I, I know Matt well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the Carpenter. Yeah. yeah. Well, aren't you writing something about the Rand Corporation? I yeah, can't keep so- track of how many fucking books you're reading, you're writing. Yeah, so that one's hit a that one's hit a speed bump. We'll talk about okay. that in person. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Come back. Well, soon. thanks so much for having me on, Kate. Yeah, more. Bye. 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 Yeah, it's uh, you know, Michael and I. Uh, it's funny. It's like, uh, wait. He mentioned something about Katie a few weeks ago. I forget what though. So hmm. one thing I'm gonna select. Um, <laughs> uh. And anyone who does a super chat, I'll donate that to the the. I don't want to monetize this, so I'll I will donate it to um, the thing that they're putting together for Michael. Yeah, his sister's um, putting together a foundation. Yeah, had you met his sister? Yeah. Oh really? That's oh, yeah, she's, she's cool. LA, right? Yeah, she's in LA. She lives in Silver Lake. Um, right. She's an actress and like kind of actress writer. Oh, okay. You know, here in LA. Um, he yeah, she's his- cool. She's great. He and his mom, and I met the mom at the at the event very briefly, and I and she said something. I, I don't remember what she said. She said something to me. It was very sweet. I can't remember what it was, and I remember like saying how much she looked like him. And then I saw the sister. I saw on a, the the uh, the quality wasn't that good, uh, like the Wi Fi or whatever, when she was on the majority report. So I didn't see it as much. But then I saw on Instagram, like I saw clearer photos, and she looked a lot like Michael too. Yeah, she does. Um. That was really moving watching her talk to Sam on Majority Report because you just got a sense of what a good um, brother he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I I know, I mean, even just like my, the fact that like we weren't closer, um, it just like, 
it kind of speaks to one of the things I think he was frustrated with, like, which is like, no, that's, I don't know the hot, like the hustle. And like, even on the left, like we should be like, he and I should have been like talking more, collaborating more. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and there's like defending turf and then like his, you know, his guys, like whatever, there were rivalries that like divide. And there's like so many people mad at other people and there are all these camps. And like, I don't know where the line is. There's some line, right? Where like, there's some people we hate. Like there are people who we hate and we should hate who are closer to us in like, we probably been at the same dinner parties or holiday parties, but they're not redeemables. There are like people- Anyone who supported Warren. Basically. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, definitely anyone who supported Clinton, like, forget it. Well, yeah. Unless yeah. they're repentant. Yeah, like but, Peter Dow. Yes. Um, but, like, I mean, it is an interesting question, though, because, like, what is that line? Like, we do have to be less divisive and less cannibalistic. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like, we exist in capitalism. We all got to make a living. There's some yeah. competitive, like, it makes us sure. competitive. Like, there's a limited amount of Patreon money to go around or whatever, you know, like, or at least there's that there's that feeling, you know, um, it's ambient in the, but it's, that's, that's capitalism, neoliberalism, whatever you want to fucking call it, but that's what it is. You know, like it's a system based on, you know, if we all, if we all had, yeah, if we all had, you know, secure housing and healthcare and education and, and shit, like we could, we could all do podcasts and not have to worry about that shit, you know? uh, It's not, it's not just that. It's also like, yeah, it's that. And it's also, I mean, it's not like I don't want people to think I was like, we had some beef or anything. It's just like now that he's not here, I'm like, oh, we really, we all should be like cr- cross pollinating more. That's, a, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's click, yeah, I don't know. And so many people hate each other. And like, like, I mean, I'll, there's just so many beefs. Like, I tried it. Like, look, I'm going to, re- like, if I feel like someone really attacks me, I'll, I'll hold the grudge, but not that long. But I don't like seek. I don't know. It's hard, and people's egos and feel attacked, and then like, then they feel betrayed, and I don't know. It's just like we don't really have time for this. We should have. We should have some self help groups on the, uh, on the left. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, again, you know, there's two types. I mean, some of it is just like personal petty bullshit. Some of it is like meaningful political differences. It's hard to right. like parse the two sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes there are legitimate political differences and it it'd be better if we can keep it that on that level but often the personal shit gets in the way and makes it harder and everyone kind of knows each other and it's you know it's kind of like high school in that way and it and it's that's that's not a good way to be you know right um there's so many feuds i mean i know so many different people who are like constant, like they're, they're talking. Well, it's like, people. it's kind of like when you're like, you know, like say like you're going out and you're like inviting and you have to like ask the other person like, but are you guys beefing? You know, like, yeah. you know, you have to like double check. <laughs> uh, Cause you might not have remembered or, or um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it sucks, you know, it's, it sucks. And, and we should try to, figure out how to not do that. Um, I mean, I try not to get involved. I don't often get involved. Um, but, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, sometimes there are many, like, I guess I'll say like, there's sometimes there's meaningful political differences, but sometimes right. they're just petty bullshit. And sometimes there's differences that can be like, okay, we'll overlook like, okay, you and I disagree on that and we can still be friends. Yeah. Yeah. 
In fact, I'm going to bring on our next, when, when we bring our next guest on, this is someone who's known Michael for a while. She, uh, okay. She, she's joking with me. I'll, I'll, I'll share this in a second, but, um, uh, Okay, I won't say that. I'm texting. I'm texting this person. I'm not going to say that. She's watching us now. Okay. Share anything. Just t- text me when you want to come on. The person that I want to have, who we're uh, going to be bringing on next, is someone who who knew. I can't. I think that she and I may have met um, met uh, Michael at the same uh, time. We'll we'll find out. But let me just see this. Okay, we got to. Most of my girlfriend's family is ultra conservative Trump lovers, and we clashed. And I found myself angry at them. But it's not them as much as the systems. I deserve that energy. Yeah, I mean, didn't Michael say what was it? Um, it's a Nina Turner kind of Turner. Yeah, it's like be harsh on the systems, easy on the people. It's yes. kind of yeah. and hers was like harsh on hard on issues, easy on people. Yeah, yeah and you're seeing like the liberal kind of response to Black Lives Matter is like you need to call your racist uncle and yeah. you need to tell him that he's a fucking racist. You know, and it's like oh my God, uh, we totally do white fragility with people on the show. Yeah. And it's like, that's just not the way to do it. And it's, and again, it's not about like excusing racism or giving it a pass or anything like that. But like, you need to get buy-in from people, you know, you need to get buy-in from people. Yeah, You just don't do that by, by doing that kind of thing. But that's how liberals understand politics. I mean, it's just the only way they understand it as some sort of personal kind of cleansing that you have to do. And it's just, it's, yeah. So I'm already and I'm already seeing people's comments in there. It's like, I'm afraid I can't come like I'm I'm look, I was there. A lot of people hate each other um, and uh, or think they hate each other. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, there. I, I think there could be fewer videos, intra left videos like making fun of people. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, I don't do that shit. I know. We should do that though. It'll we give us should good, do that, good, like, yeah, yeah. What, guys, what will give us good clicks? Let's be total mercenaries. Uh, but Nando, I mean, this sounds uh, corny, but like, it, it you know, you sound so corny and weird. But it, you okay. do, but, uh, you know, you can like think about Michael when you're doing the, um, uh, your Chris Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Like now I can't not think about him if I do Chris Matthews. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Could you do Michael doing? Could you do Michael doing Chris Matthews? Well, the, the bit that we were doing when we were doing Matthews on Matthews was like how he's obsessed with everything is Tip O'Neill. You know, yeah. all of politics can be explained by Tip O'Neill. So we were like, we like we would take like some obscure leftist thing and be like, you know, when you, when you, when you get to the, the thing with the with the red bad lights, you get this, you gotta get Tip O'Neill in there. You know, you, you get him in there, you can work out both sides, and then boom, you got the you know, like, and it's like that's what we were doing. It was just, it was really funny. I mean, it was you know. Uh, it was a good bit. I mean, um, Your Brian is really good. My Brian Williams. I, I did that for the first time ever here. I never, yeah, off the cuff. I've never, I've never done him before. Really good. He's like, he's a random guy to do an impression of, you know? I know, but, but he's so fucking corny. He's the worst. I mean, he's just, Michael, just cynical. Nando, he is the worst. A respected podcaster, Michael Brooks. You know, he I don't agree with him at all the time, but his Chris Matthews 
is a hoot here in the NBC building. Um, you're, so good. you're so good at adding that thing. Like when we did a thing on Joy and Reed, you're a, you're a, you actually said something. What was it? Irreality. You said something about the irreality of how someone like her is being uh, rewarded a show. And, and you're like the irreality of it. And I was like, the irreality, you're like, the irreality of that is something she'll be bringing you every day. So like the way you, he, you do Joanne that. Reed is going to bring the irreality to her nightly broadcast. She's going to bring that urban sensibility we really want here at NBC. <laughs> We've been driving for and we haven't quite hit the mark. We have heard your protests loud and clear. America has spoken. Black Lives Matter, joy. <laughs> and to prove it, and to prove it, and to prove it we have Joy Ann Reed hosting a nightly show at 7 p.m. We couldn't be prouder. We couldn't think of a better way to honor George Floyd's legacy. <laughs> oh he, that's exactly what he basically. I mean, he thinks that. He 100 thinks that. Like he does. Can you imagine yeah. at dinner party like, look, there are tea leaves. We were reading the tea leaves. We were reading the symbols loud and clear. It's long overdue. It's like and there's like this thing that like uh, like centrist people do where like they they kind of like adopt like a maximalist radical position on something that doesn't like some, something symbolic kind of like, right. you know, statues. Right. Um, you know, and then but then like not doing it. So be like, you know. I stood there as they brought down the statues of Christopher Columbus. I dodged bullets at the hands of the NYPD. (laughs) And we have heard you loud and clear, America. Here is Joy. (laughs) And the head of Christopher Columbus, which I removed from 59th Street. Yeah. Christopher Columbus was actually an imperialist peg. <laughs> Here's Joy. <laughs> oh my God. It's really, really good. We got to do that. Yeah. That statue was violent. Christopher Columbus on Columbus Square or Columbus Circle was literal violence. We're going to rename Columbus Circle to Joy Ann Reed circle hexagon hexagon because you know i go to that starbucks every morning and get my double espresso and the thought of being on columbus circle just makes me think of all the victims of u.s imperialism and that that that, and that (laughs) espresso that gets my espresso stuck in my throat yeah (laughs) i spit out my espresso every morning on columbus circle (laughs) as a sign of protest to say black lives do matter joanne reed deserves her show (laughs) i'm gonna get so canceled but it's so it's too perfect it really is so good because we're not making fun of joanne reed we're making fun of brian williams yeah we're making fun of both fans i mean no we're huge fans of joanne reed I heard I heard a, a, someone I respect politically is a big fan. Joanne reads it's upsetting. Um, all right, so should we bring in our, our next guest? Yes. This is our <laughs> correspondent. All right, this woman's a big deal. Is she? Yeah. Cool. Samita Maktapadai. Oh, oh, what's you know, up? Lighting set up so nice. It's very, very professional. Thank you. I'm, I'm, oh, <laughs> not, those are mine. 
Um, yours is a little blurry, but I got it. Very blurry, yeah. <laughs> well, I usually I have a nice thing. Now that it's dark, I just I need you to come up here and do my hair and makeup and lighting. I know you're right. A little too stark. I'm always trying to get me to do some labor. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Can you do some more emotional labor for me, Samita? Can yes. you explain to me why Columbus is problematic? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you so samita very funny the symbolic that was very funny um samita is uh someone i've known for years and i did you and did you and michael and i meet at the same time yeah we met at Max blumenthal's house <laughs> thank you for can okay well, you just did such canceled everyone we're all canceled yeah in back when max lived in brooklyn yeah whatever max is great we, he's one of the fun i mean max is an amazing mimic um but uh he yeah i think we and we we joked that he kind of looked like max Blumenthal at the time they kind of looked yeah, they did kind of look alike yeah, yeah. i can see yeah. that um I, yeah when i first met michael i was like he was you know because he's like such a hustler like he was just like wanted to know what I do, like all this shit. And so I was really like thrown off and I was like, oh, this guy like wants to be my intern or something. And then <laughs> it like was an ongoing joke for the rest of our friendship. He's like, I'm just trying to be your interns. And like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are really, uh, you, yeah, you'd hang out a lot. We used to hang out a lot. We were very, very good friends. We were all friends back when we used yeah. to uh, have dinner parties with Hillary supporters. Oh um, God. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. But it's not like anything happened. You no, no, were no, no. not in now where it's like, oh, I wish I had hung out with that person more. Yeah, like that's exactly. what. Yeah, we had a we had a really profound and, and deep connection in a really early point, and I think in our career where we were both like figuring out our voice and who we were, and like he would say things like, "I'm the white Barack Obama," and I'd be like, "You can't say that," <laughs> <laughs> which it then turned into his impressions of Obama, which are. Right, timeless, but yeah, no, he like was definitely exploring a lot of the politics that he later kind of came into. I think you know, in like ten years ago and whatever. And I think it was just an important, like I think all of us, right? Like it was like early blog years. Like we hadn't all like had all these beefs yet. Like we were like hanging out at the same parties. Um, I mean, a lot of us didn't like each other, but like we were hanging out at the same party. Right, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I do, I feel like he in my life is symbolic of a time that was like a little bit more like young, like a younger, I mean, we were actually younger, but like, just like more curious and more just like wanting to party and like get to know each other and be like, oh, we're all just like kind of lefties. And yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. as like, as you were just saying, I would tuned in early. So I knew what I was coming into. Nice. <laughs> Just a, uh, Brian Williams. Yeah. All the micro communities and all the little, you know, little fractures that have happened and whatnot. Yeah. Which really were like, I mean, I do think for a lot of people, a lot of people talk about how, how yeah, Occupy was this, was this seminal moment or div, div, divider moment. Yeah. Um, to me, it was, I mean, I'd be, no surprise here, but regardless of what you think of him like I, for me it was just sanders was like that moment it was just yeah. like okay there are two options we yeah. can go either way yeah um i get it if at the yeah. beginning you think he has no chance sure but like then once you know yeah. and there are different ways to yeah yeah so that was a kind of line in the sand i mean it's not like i have a i have friends who are who are not sanders yeah. supporters um i was the the misfit for the most part not the other way around um yeah. But, you know, I, like I said, like, I think he had a lot of friends across different political 
you know, beliefs. And, and I think that that's, you know, like one of the things I always appreciated about his friendship is like, I mean, we like fought, like we used to fight, <laughs> but it was like, it was fun. Like he was like one of the few people that I felt like we could really have a debate and like we didn't walk away being like, you hurt my feelings. Like it was literally like always in this right. spirit of love. Um, you know, and, and it was definitely the kind of feeling like I've just been talking to so many people about him, obviously, and like old friends. And it like it's really remarkable to see how many people he had that particular impact on that, like they felt this like safety in arguing with him, even if like they disagreed with him, which I do think is like such a unique and important characteristic that like not a lot of people like have right now. It's like a type of emotional intelligence that I think like he really had like modeled in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not easy to do that. Um, do you remember noticing like his political evolution or? Yeah, I mean, I think he, no, he was always like pretty lefty. Like it wasn't, you know, I think it was more, and I, I agree, like I do think that like the 2016 was like such a dividing line for people. And I think that that was really, because like I found a really old talking heads TV segment between the two of us and we're talking about like Monica you and me or you and um Michael uh and we were talking about the Beyonce album and Bell Hooks (laughs) and and it was like it was 2014 so we were like you know talking about the election and it wasn't like super anti-Hillary yet like it was very like you know it was (laughs) (laughs) you know and so I do think that like that happened over time but not in a, like, it never was, it wasn't, like, genuine, you know, it was kind of, like, the evolution of his politics. Right. Um, and I was thinking about this today also because yesterday when I watched the Sam Cedar thing, he had a really good friend, um, this guy Joshua on, who was on the show a lot, basically talk about, like, his kind of spiritual commitments. And one thing, and like, that I've just been thinking about a lot, and it's just interesting that, like, you know, we have like this fraught relationship on the left with religion and spirituality. But like, if you actually like pursue a spiritual path in earnest, like it actually often brings you to socialism. It brings you to Marxism in its truest form, even if you don't call it that. And I feel like he kind of, that was his evolution. Like the more he understood about the world, the more he understood about humanity. He was like, these are the things that are unjust and his politics kind of evolved that way. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. It's like as much as like from, you know, I, I, there's that Che quote that what is it? a revolution is driven by by love um like sanders anger is obviously rooted in like his love for people like that's why if you're angry you're angry because you care about people like that's why mm-hmm. i get angry it's yeah. not just it's like i don't just hate this random person uh i mean i do but it's because they do <laughs> or believe certain things um and that's another thing that's interesting it's like that gives like that you know like hate hating the right people or like hating or seeing through them is like creates fun and, and comedy <laughs> like like the brian williams thing it's not like i would like put out a hit on his head or anything but like take a hit out or whatever the expression is but like it is i don't know what the it's like we do have to love the it's weird it's like i don't know what the what the answer is or maybe this isn't a problem it just is what it is but you do you want to like be loving and empathetic and compassionate because that like drives your politics but then also it's kind of fun to be to really, I guess we can, like, when we're hating on, on Brian Williams, though, it's not like a visceral hatred of him. He's just such a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, he's, just the, he's just the clown. Yeah. But he's also, like, extremely famous and, like, really isolated from, like, any criticism. You know, it's like... Yeah, he would never hear find this segment. Oh, no, I don't, 
I don't mean that. I don't. Oh, no, no, no. At all. I just. It's more like what. It, it's an interesting phenomenon of like what well, makes right wing hatred. Right wing hatred comes from personal grievance, right? Like this. I hate this thing because it makes me feel bad. Um, and no. left wing hatred comes from a hatred of injustice. Right. Right. And if you keep that, if you keep those two things separate, like. Yeah. The hatred driven by personal grievance, which like is tempting to fall into right. when something is so, or when you feel wronged. Um, if you keep if you keep the hatred burning at the injustice of the world right. and the the world that you live in and the people that yeah. that occupy it, then it can be a force for good. I mean, I think Bernie's a good example, right? right. Like you know, he, he he it's 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 never about his own personal problems or whatever like anyone that wronged him personally oh, look i feel terrible because hillary won't stop talking she's like really problematizing me all right she's making all these assumptions that i'm a cis that I'm listen i don't like to get snake emojis either okay i look, i understand but uh <laughs> you know you think you think i'm comfortable with snake emojis <laughs> You think I like to get snake emojis on Twitter? You think I like this? Oh, God, Warren. Jesus. What the fuck is she up to? I'm sorry. I, I should keep it under wraps. She yeah. Here's the she thing. Her, like, anniversary, I think I saw on Twitter. She just had her wedding anniversary. Oh. Great. Lovely. Yes. How many, dog, how many, how many, um, how many burritos did she stuff into her dog's <laughs> face? How many burritos <laughs> did she have to kill? To, yeah. To yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think that's true. I mean, I think he, um, yeah, I mean, he could be like, he could be really cutting and, 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 uh, you know, and it, and it, there was a, you know, there was a mischievousness to his humor often and, and it, but it, you know, as long as it, it was, it was always focused on, on that. I'm like, I mean, he, he, it wasn't like about his own personal grievances, really. It was about, you know, the injustices of the world. And I think that, that was, that was part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes you know, I mean, we all fall into it sometimes, yeah. right? But uh, no, yeah. I was making. I was trying to do an f- impersonation of him. I did. It wasn't. It was like what? Yeah, I mean, he was also like. I mean, he was not, like me. I'm like I, I'm like a very gracious person. Like I, yeah. you know, he, he was less gracious than I was. Like if someone was like annoying him, you know, like oh yeah, like his face was like would say oh, it. You know, like yeah. I am extremely annoyed right now. Can you tell? Like, um, that was good. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys didn't know Nando did impersonations. Yeah, he's like, uh, check out our last couple of episodes, uh, live streams on this on, on YouTube. Those, yeah, there's really good, um, really good Chris Matthews, and also really good Brian Williams, which we discovered spontaneously. Zizek is good too. Zizek. Um, yeah. Um, so, and we have another uh, person to, another guest we're bringing in, someone else who knew uh, Michael. Um, Katie did half Bernie, half Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I got to work on <laughs> That's anti Semitic, that comment. Be a good, uh, good character. <laughs> Bernie Balboa. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of, so, I mentioned that I was on that panel, that Crystal Ball, I was on a panel with Crystal Ball, Nomiki Konst, Megan Day, who I absolutely adore. And then um, there was another panel afterwards, which was with um, Michael Brooks, Cornell West, Phil Agnew, and our next guest, Isha Krishnaswamy. So, welcome. Hi, Hi, Hi. everyone. I hope 
Oh dear. Okay. I hope this is okay. Um, this is great. Okay. Yes. Uh, and who? And Isha is the host of Historically, a really good podcast, and um, a big international uh, foreign, uh, foreign policy nerd and uh, history nerd. So, uh, and uh, you and Michael, I believe you texted Michael. What was the, the thing you? Um, the last text I sent to him was I gave him a new character idea, which was <laughs> Marxist Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah, that there would be good. You know, I actually read his books. <laughs> and he, he makes some good points. <laughs> clean your room. Clean up the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so um, what are you guys? Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, his best impersonation was Maoist Bernie. Where he's yes. like, I'm going to go to Vermont and then get all the arms and then we're going to do a revolution because none of this DNC thing. It, that was great. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have it. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll okay. send you the link afterwards. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. He, he he had the best voices. Like I don't know how he imitated everyone's voice really well. Yeah, he was very good at that. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Did you meet like before um, that? Event yeah, that uh, yeah. I can't remember how, but um, oh, maybe it was at one of those. Oh, it was at a fundraiser event for one of the candidates. Like, I believe. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I went one of the, the maybe is that, is that for teach out? Yes. Oh God. Okay. Twenty eighteen yeah. is when I met him, or was it twenty eighteen or twenty sixteen? Ah, doesn't matter. So what did I just want to know your thoughts about his like foreign policy um, or international worldview? Because um, I know that you guys talked about that a lot. Well, one thing is that I love the way he grew. So um, I don't know if you know Brandon Sutton, but he has this thing where he calls people nuance cucks, um, where um, Michael, like, with a lot of times, like, he was one of those, like, in the beginning, he was a nuance cuck. Like, he was like, Maduro may have made some mistakes, but blah, 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 blah. Right. But then when he saw, (laughs) but then when he saw, like, yeah, what is his his Twitter handle? Um, It's uh, pretty Pretty bad lefty, yeah. Um, but then, like, when he saw what the U.S. did with, like, Guaido, and then he's like, I don't understand why Guaido's not in prison right now, even in America. And, and, like, the more he saw, the more he grew and learned. And especially when he got involved with Lula. Um, back then, um, Lula was in jail for literally, like, renting an apartment. Right. And so the more he understood that it's, like, it's not about, what that person does it's just that the empire just yeah yeah and so that's what i really liked about the way he grew um so after he lost his nuance i'm not even kidding i know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean it's like i have to i've done that too because we live in a multipolar world i mean well also like yeah not just that but like our effect to the extent that we have it is on is here you know like Right. We could talk about the bad people all we want, but like we go to war with the empire we got, you know, and we got this one. Exactly. You know? I, I mean, and what I rem- always remember is the Contras and like whatever the current government is, the U.S.'s plan will always be worse. So there's like never a situation where the U.S. plans to have a better government. So we just can't, we, we have to show international solidarity, which leftists have been absolutely terrible at the throughout history and that's why we're at such a bad position i mean imagine 
if we had uh, leftist Bolivia and like all the pink tide countries. Oh, and today, sorry, I'm, I'm diverging, but no, Ecuador, diverge away. Ecuador banned uh, Rafael Correa from running, um, who's yeah. a leftist. Um, the president of uh, yes. Yeah. So um, that happened today. Yeah. Wow. So they they um, moralized him. Um, no, we, we, more like Lula. Yeah. <laughs> like corruption scandal. Oh. oh, okay. But they didn't lock him up. No. No. Because yeah. there's nothing to lock him up over. <laughs> Yeah, I well, mean, no. it's like, and there's like, I mean, there's like a, like what you're talking about, like a nuanced cut would be like, you know, Correa, he made some mistakes, you know, like, <laughs> he wasn't a saint, you know, and yeah. it's like, well, obviously he wasn't a fucking, you know. Right, right. Uh, I used to do that all the time. It's so embarrassing. I don't know, it's fine, actually. I, I mean, like, it's just that Americans don't understand how propagandas are, um, if you, if you go through further, there's an article where they call Maduro a Grinch for basically giving free toys to kids over Christmas. And what he did was, uh, and then you, what people don't realize is that you, you guys saw Mitch McConnell and how obstructionist he was um, against Obama. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, in opposition, that's nothing. Like, they just bomb the parliament and, like, uh, blow up shit. Like, yeah. they're right. so... Uh, 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 obstructionist, and so, but like I said, with Michael, <laughs> I really appreciated what he did to bring raise awareness to Lula's cause, yeah. because I mean, ultimately, Lava Jato was in uh, was a DOJ operation. Um, it was funded yeah. by this judge uh, who's also an inquisitor and who's now was was in Bolsonaro's cabinet. And their entire operation was just to take down the pink tide government. And right. and so, oh, and Lula was a worker, so he has one finger missing. And the judge was so, bi- because of um, a machinery accident. Right. And the judge was so biased that he called him like nine fingers or something. Do you speak Portuguese, Nando? No. I speak a little Portuguese. Oh, Wait, are you, you from Portugal? Fala um pouquinho. Okay. The other colon, uh, uh, colonial power. Yes. <laughs> that uh, Latin America was... Line of demarcation, other side. Yeah. Yeah. What would they say? Um, oh, they yeah. have no evidence. I'm just pretending. Actually. Samita, I want... Did you guys know each other, by the way? Isha and Samita? No. Hello. Um... This is, I like this. I have a, a good, like, political spectrum set up here. Okay. So yeah. how, how does the spectrum go? Well, um, let's see. I don't know. But um, Isha is... Uh, uh, I'm a Maoist. I yeah. love tanky. You like people... Yeah. Uh, you are yeah. called a tanky a lot, right? You guys yeah. call it tanky. Um, uh, I got to have a show where we just have people go over all those distinctions. Because, like, Assad hater whose job... Like, it is you're a fucking show. trot. Yeah, you're a fucking Trotskyist. He's Trot today. Like, he's gonna offend people because I guess he knows them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but but to me, uh, Samita is at Teen Vogue, and my mom is always like, Samita, I'm so proud. Every day I get the Teen Vogue emails. I'm so proud. <laughs> They're really good. They're the only place that uh, you know young people are. I can't believe how rad it is. our target demo. Team yeah, Nora, Nora Eisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But will, you just, will you put in a good word with me with the Zoomers so that they don't put me in the gulag when they take over for like being like a, you know, they like, you know, like a, like a trot cuck or something, you know? Yeah. Or, oh yeah, seriously. They're like very put in a good word. Also. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I will, and this is what my personal opinion of these political spectrum should be. Like in my opinion, anything right of social dumb, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. Yes. <laughs> you guys didn't have a ball at Condé Nast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are those meetings like? We need the inside. I want to be a fly on the wall. Really not gonna talk it's about like... it here, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> I mean, like he's like made fun of um there's other people like John oh John what's his name? Podahertz? Like the Podahertz? guy. Yeah, he called yeah. Michael like worse than the Holocaust. Great, oh, that's a, that's a badge that's of honor great. from yeah, from J Pod. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that should be on. That should, yeah, that should be on. You know, like uh, his email signature. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It, well, so the one thing that like Michael really taught me though was I had no idea who all these idiots were, like Jordan Peterson or Sam Harris, or like I, I and I would have been happy never knowing yes. about them. But then, like, I had to learn about them through Michael, and I'm like, why do I know who all these people are? <laughs> it's like, God damn you, Michael. <laughs> I was living a happy life yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before I had to think for one second about Brett fucking Weinstein. You know? Dave Rubin. Oh, he, Dave he Rubin. Really good Dave Rubin dunks. Yeah. Yes. No, I. Love I... That.